Welcome to Caring for Caregivers, your life support podcast, where we explore what it really means to focus on our own mental health and well-being in the face of COVID-19 and other life challenges. I'm your host, Phil Rayner, and I've been working in the behavioral health care field as a social worker, serving in clinical supervisory and management roles for over 40 years. In this episode, uh, we'll hear from a recent college grad who has had to adjust um, to remote learning and determine the future path forward while trying to uh, plan for grad school. I really want to uh, welcome Elise uh, joining us today. Um, Elise has her BS in psychological science and is a recent addition to um, a consulting research and evaluation department, evaluating a variety of grant-funded programs to address the opioid crisis. Elisa has also worked as a research assistant in multiple psychology labs and has experience as an organizational coach. So Elise, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Elise, can you tell us a little bit about the um, challenges that you were facing at that time uh, while you were in college? Yeah, so I recently graduated in May with my bachelor's from uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute. And it was really difficult because my entire senior year and half of my junior year was completely remote. And also during that, I was trying to navigate sort of applying to graduate school at the same time. So it really became challenging because, you know, my whole life was basically sort of like situated in my room. So I had to go to class in my room on Zoom. I had to work, you know, remotely. And then I'm also trying to figure out how to apply to get my uh, PhD. That was sort of my goal to get my PhD in psych research, um, specifically looking at uh, legal psychology and legal processes and biases. And so it was really difficult because besides the whole aspect of being afraid of being sick, right? Because, you know, at the very beginning, everyone was sort of very afraid and there was a lot of, you know, unknowns about COVID. But I think there was just a whole social aspect that I was missing because I was stuck online. And I think it was very isolating and more stressful because it was hard to sort of get the resources that I needed to be able to navigate that by myself. So yeah, I think just overall, it was stressful for for everyone at that time. But I think specifically college students sort of felt a very different impact than, than other populations, I would say. I would really imagine. I know when you're going to class on a regular basis and you're with your peers and you're with your professors and there's information immediately available, you have that whole, the whole community of support of everyone being in program together. And then when you're having to suddenly transfer to doing that remotely, it's just not there anymore. Right. And I think, you know, I was seeing it also in my job because I was an organizational coach on campus and I noticed so many students coming to me and trying to meet with me, honestly, just to meet with someone. Um, and I think I sort of just noticed that gap of like people needing that social connection that they were missing. So, you know, I think besides probably needing some help in scheduling and study habits and things that I would have helped them with anyway, I think they also just needed someone to talk to. Um, That's a great point. So, yeah, I did notice that that a lot in my job as well. And, and I was very blessed in a way to be able to work at that time. Cause I know a lot of people were either having to quit their jobs or they would have to decide like, Hey, you know, I'm considered an essential worker because I work at a grocery store, but I'm also worried about my own health. So, you know, how do I weigh that out, you know, as a student as well? So there was, there was a lot of dynamic and complex challenges at that time for, I think everyone. 
So how did it, how did the the changing situation affect you? You know, how did how did it affect the way you were feeling? I, I hear that you were taking your classes, applying for grad school, coaching other students, and and working. It sounds like. Yeah. So I guess to give people some background, so I was applying for uh, psychological PhD programs, and it's a very competitive. However, when I was going to quote unquote visit days, they were all completely remote. So how do I make a decision about moving across the country for, you know, four or five years for a doctorate program when I really haven't seen the campus? I haven't really met anyone in person. I've seen a video of the lab. I've heard many details about it, but it didn't feel right to make that decision during this time because I felt like a lot of options were probably taken away due to COVID and just not having resources, not being able to fly places to see them. And so overall, I think it just became very stressful because I felt like all of my advisors were so excited that I got in and they wanted to push me towards that. But I think just the whole circumstances of the way of the world at the time and the way it still kind of is right now is that there is so much uncertainty that it's really hard to make life decisions about what happens after school when the world is not working under any type of normalcy. You know, everything and is an And you're adjustment. talking about major life decisions. Right. And so, you know, I'm talking about grad school, but other people might be talking about finding a job, you know, the job market right now, or other people might be talking about moving to a certain place. It's like people are not able to make decisions. You know, these, these decisions are hard under normal circumstances is what I'm trying to say. And so the fact of the matter is, is that nothing was normal. And so I had to sort of make my decision based off of just the information that I had and the opportunities that were in front of me. And so just added a whole nother layer of difficulty. And it sounds like there was a pressure from your professors who were supportive, but really had their own idea of what they wanted to see for you while you were trying to make a decision about what would be best for yourself and not able to get the information you need. Right. And I think it took me some time. I actually, during that time, was sort of talking through it with my school counselor that I reached out to the whole counseling department. And I just wanted to meet with someone just to basically talk about my grad school experience, talk about my COVID experience, and sort of get an outside perspective. I just wanted to talk to someone else to see, basically talk through my own opinions and my own, you know, desires for my life. So you mentioned that you you met with a counselor. Were there some strategies or approaches that you learned in working with the counselor that you found helpful? Absolutely, actually. I sort of struggle with, and I think I think a lot of people struggle with this, especially, you know, going to graduate school or going to college in general. I think a lot of the times people do things for themselves, but people also do things to impress and make proud your parents or make your professors proud or make your boss proud or make your siblings proud or, you know, whoever is really important to you or whoever you look up to, you want to make them proud of you. And I think, you know, I was sort of feeling that pressure of like, if I don't do this, will I be disappointing people? Mm -hmm. And I think when I met with my counselor who helped me so much. And I think 
you know, one thing I will say to anybody, you know, before sort of crossing out counseling and saying, I don't want to talk to someone is that I have been to different counselors throughout my life. And I will say it's really about finding the right fit. But when I did, you know, she was really pushing me towards writing things down. She really said, she was like, you know, I think journaling for you would maybe be a great tool because you're stuck in your head. You know, I realized that I was stuck in my head about all the different expectations that I thought other people had and all the different outcomes that could happen, right? I was like, well, if I do this, then this might happen, then this might happen, or I could do this and be completely content, or I could do this and be, you know, really upset that I made this decision. And she was like, you're thinking about all the what ifs, but what do you know? What, what do you know from your own mind that you want? You know, you have to sort of block everything out and you just have to give yourself the prompt, write down all of the things that I want out of my grad school experience or write down all of the deal breakers that I would say, you know what, doing this probably won't make me happy. Just based on my own opinion, not even, you know, thinking about anyone else. And I found that to be a really helpful tool to sort of like quiet the noise of my head and just get out what I know, what I know makes sense to me and all the things that I want. And through doing that, I learned a lot about myself because I was able to think through that in a very like directed way. And it wasn't, it wasn't all floating around anymore. It was very clear. And as it came out, I was like, you know what, this is making me feel secure that I can say no to this decision. I can say no to going to grad school at all right now. And I can wait and assess it and reassess it again this way based on what I would like for my life. And I have to trust also that the people in my life will support my decisions. And so that was a really helpful tool for me that I still use today for for many things in my life. It sounds like the process that you were using in journaling really did help you to get focused on what was right for you and and not have all those thoughts spinning around that that we can get going and we're just thinking things over and over and over and, and and we can just get lost in all the what ifs and what the possibilities are yeah and that was something you know i would recommend that anyone do that and i think even if it's not a crazy decision in your life that you're worried about even if you're just stressed out or you're having a bad day or you're having a good day it's just a way i think to reflect on sort of what's going on in your head. I think a lot of people sort of ignore that. And I think during COVID specifically, a lot of people were just trying to find ways to cope, whether it be just scrolling through social media for hours and you think you're coping with one thing. You think you're coping with maybe a personal problem. Then you go onto social media and you see, you know, the world's problems and it can just seem overwhelming and really stressful. And so I sort of had to change my coping strategies in a lot of ways to being more sort of going back to the basics, like being more self-reflective. Reading was very helpful for me. Journaling was very helpful for me during that time. And um, honestly, being outside was really helpful for me at that time, sort of finding ways to disconnect from my phone and disconnect from my laptop. That was sort of my lifeline to the world, because that was, you know, how I was 
doing class, making money, doing, you know, watching television or watching videos online. It was like, there was no way that I was away from anything, you know, constant, Um, constant screen time. Exactly. And it was, and I feel like for everyone too, it was just like a blend of everything. Like you don't come home and now you're just, you know, watching TV for fun. It's like, you're on your phone and you're, you know, scrolling through social media and then you've got school emails popping up and then you've got work things happening and you're just, you're just constantly bogged down, I think, from everything else that you sort of ignore how you're feeling inside and you sort of ignore your feelings, your wants, you know, the ways that you can cope. You're sort of thinking, well, you know, this is how I coped before. But in reality, these are not normal circumstances. The fact that your whole life is on a screen can be really, you know, it can be your way to connect, but it can also be really isolating at the same time. And you almost disconnect from yourself in a way. So I think that was a way for me, you know, just walking outside, sitting outside and writing, sitting outside and journaling even if it was just for 15 minutes or 30 minutes, I think it was really beneficial for me. And I felt recharged afterwards. I felt like, okay, I spent some time in my own thoughts and I got those out and I really assessed where I'm at today. And now I can go back in and my mind is, is more clear. Elise, do you think there was anything about being outside in particular? Because I, I get what you're saying about disconnecting from all the screens and getting away from all of that onslaught of messages and information and having time to think. But you chose to go outside in particular. Um, and I'm wondering, was there something that you found helpful about being outside? Definitely. Well, there's actually many things that I that I found that I really enjoy about, about going outside. And I will say it's something that I really didn't used to do. I used to be, you know, I think many college students, maybe when they go outside, they're just walking from class to class or they're walking from their dorm to the the dining hall or something. But, you know, since I was home, I I used to be the type of student that, you know, I was driving to class, driving to the gym, driving to work, driving home. And that was the end of my day. And I never spent any time outside. And I think after doing that and just even going for a walk, like you feel a different sort of like connection to the world. It it seems a little deep when you talk about it, but I think you do have to experience it to know that when you're outside and you, you know, you like feel the sun on your face or you feel the wind through your hair, or you're looking at things just to look at them, not, you don't have a purpose to be there besides just going for a leisure walk. You know, you're sitting outside and you're maybe you're journaling, but then you're looking at the sky or you're looking at the trees or you're looking at the houses on your street and you're noticing things that you never did before. And I think it's just a different experience. I think it makes you appreciate life more, I will say. I think that that was really helpful for me. And it was also a way for me to exercise. So that was another one of my coping strategies that I used to do. I used to go to the gym. And when I wasn't able to do that, I sort of got very depressed because that was one of my hobbies. That was one of the ways that I coped with my emotions. Or I always say about, you know, working out, like I'm not able to be stressed about two things at once. I'm either stressed in my body and it makes me sort of forget what's going on up here or 
I'm like totally relaxed in my body, but I'm stressed up here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in my mind. So I was like, it's almost like picking one. And so when I work out, I'm picking sort of stress out my body and like, you know, lift weights or go for a run. And that's a way to distract from maybe everything that's going on in your head. It sort of shuts that off for that period of time. So again, like another way to recharge. So I think, yeah, I think going for a walk or, or even going for a run or going outside and stretching, basically anything to be, to sort of change your environment. But I also just think there is a benefit to being outside. I know people say like, you go outside and you just see the sun and like the bright light is just, it automatically makes you feel a little happier, I think in a way. So yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend that anyone do that. You mentioned that you, you were doing some reading also, some books that you found helpful. Um, What kind of things did you find helpful to read at the time? Um, Well, I always enjoyed reading for fun. However, I stopped doing it because I was just either reading a textbook or reading an article or sort of sick of reading because I had to for school. So I never really took the time to pick up a book and read it. Personally, things that I like to read, I love, you know, I love fiction books. I really do. Um, So I was reading a lot of like Cloud Atlas. That's a really good book. But I also love to read like self-help books as well. There is one book that I absolutely love that if anyone wants to read, I I would recommend reading. And it's a very easy one. Um, And it's called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And that one's a really good book. And I think if you're a little bit intimidated about reading, I do recommend potentially reading a self-help book because a lot of the times it is kind of an easier read. And a lot of the times the chapters are a lot shorter and a little bit more digestible. So you might not want to read Harry Potter. That might be a little bit too intimidating for people. They might not enjoy that. But even just reading like a small excerpt from even like a you know book of poems or some type of you know self-reflective or self-help book, it might just give you some ideas to think about and you can then go write about it or reflect on it. Um, So I feel like reading doesn't have to be so serious and so rigid. You know, you don't have to read a hundred pages a day. Um, You can really just read like a few pages and really try to internalize that. Or you can, you know, embark on a really big book and, and read the whole story and also get into it that way. So yeah, I think reading is an awesome tool. And like I said, I think it's, I mean, for me, I know I, a lot of people love, you know, audiobooks, and I think that's great. Me personally, I love a physical book. I just feel like I think it's the idea that I don't want to be in front of a screen. I think it's that I want to hold the book. I want to turn the pages. I want to read the words. I don't want to be scrolling or just listening. But I know some people love that. And so I think you have to sort of find what what works for you. But Yeah, I also think it's just a way to like disconnect from the world and listen to something else, you know, that's how I felt when, you know, I was reading, you know, Cloud Atlas, I felt like I'm now in this story. And so it's sort of like an alternate reality that you sort of go into. And it's, you know, really kind of enjoyable and interesting, but it has nothing to do with you, you know, has nothing to do with you and the problems of the world. It's just for your enjoyment. So it sounds like reading has offered a, a number of different solutions, whether it's is learning something new around self-care through self, you know, self-help book or thinking about things in a different way by reflecting on something that 
you might have read a poem or a few pages that are meaningful, or the um, the brief escape into yeah. a different world. How do you see taking some of the tools that you've developed and learned, taking that forward as we continue dealing with COVID? To just loop it back to counseling, I will say that sometimes doing all of these habits, you might not be motivated to do them. You might not actually follow through. But if you do take one thing away is that you always can go and talk to an outside source um, and schools do offer places to go and, you know, numbers to call that you can set up a meeting, whether it be remote or in person. And so I would highly recommend, you know, reaching out to an outside source for your mental health. So um, I just want to put that out there as well, because like I said, I have heard a lot of unfortunate stories and I think there is a stigma about, you know, needing help in college for your mental health. College for a lot of people is supposed to be the most fun you ever have. And, you know, you're supposed to go out and have this great time or it might be the most stressful place of your life, you know, depending on what school you're in or what program you're in. And so, yeah, I think it's, I think knowing that you need coping strategies and knowing that other people need different coping strategies sort of allows you to realize that, you know, sharing those is very beneficial and, you know, a lot of people need grace right now. So thinking about it that way, thinking about your own mental health and then thinking about how everyone is sort of going through a different battle at this time. So I wanted to put that out there just based on, based on what I've heard lately. I think that's a terrific point. I guess I have two questions. How do you, how do you see some of those observations and, and tools that you've identified applying as somebody somebody working as a young professional in in this field, you, you've left the college situation. How do some of those coping strategies apply now as a as a young professional? And I think especially, you know, at this time, just being in the professional world and having it be all about tasks and deadlines and, you know, all the different things you have to do in a day can be very overwhelming. And so I think everyone should take some time for themselves because I always think about the cliche, like you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't, you, you can't give all this energy to everything else in your life. If you don't have energy inside you to give. So you have to find a way to recharge. So whatever that is for you, I would say do that. But these are my suggestions that have worked for me that I would say work for many different people who have tried them. But I think it's so important. I think self-care is so important, no matter what stage you are in your life. Self-care is, is really essential. Great point. I'm just curious. You mentioned that as part of your background, <clears throat> you've done organizational coaching. And I'm wondering if there are any tools, techniques, or strategies from that part of your, your experience that seem relevant to dealing with COVID and self-care. Absolutely. I would say, especially if you're working from home, whether that be in school or not, or just work you know, remotely right now, I would say planning out your day and setting a schedule is absolutely essential because you will be at home and you will be distracted by your house. You will be doing things after hours. You know, you will be, you know, not under any type of schedule. And I think that can really throw people for a loop when they're used to driving into work. And when they, when they're at work, they're working. And when they drive home, they're not. And I think when you're at home, these lines are all blurred. So I think setting out a schedule for your day 
is so helpful. And I think even if you don't set it out every single hour of your day, plan it out. Even if you don't do that, even if you just say, I'm going to put like a sticky note somewhere of all the things that I need to prioritize today. It could be doing, you know, X, Y, and Z task. It could be even laundry, like any, any, any task that you have to do, I would write it down and I would just throughout your day say, okay, you know, I have this time right now. What tasks can I work on right now? And I think going through your day, at least breaking it down and setting your goals, I think is really helpful um, to help people sort of keep their work and their private life maybe a little bit separate or at least have a little bit of sort of like a tangible schedule for their lives because at home can be really difficult for a lot of people. Some people work great that way and some people, some people don't. So it really is just, you know, depends on the person. I would say, I would say setting out a schedule for your day and writing out tasks for your day really could only be, be very beneficial to you. Those sound like very, very good ideas. I'm wondering if people were interested in learning more about some of the things that you've mentioned, um, like journaling or, or reading or other ideas that have come up in terms of organization. Are there any, any, um, any ways that they could access those resources to learn more about them? When it comes to journaling, I recommend you could go online and look up books of journal prompts. There are many books out there. I know there's one called 100 journal prompts is, is the book title um, that you can buy on Amazon or, or some online platform. And you can, and it's just only a book of prompts that each day, you know, you don't have to really think about what you're going to write about. You sort of open it and you sort of see what comes up and what sort of pulls you and you can just start writing. So that's a very like directed way to go about it. You could Google journal prompts. There are many different sites that have a whole slew of prompts that you could, you know, choose from, or you could just in your own, you know, just say today, I'm going to, I'm going to write about what I'm grateful for, or today I'm going to write about one instance that happened to me, one, one interaction that I had, or today I'm going to write about even sort of lead it into your organization and say, I'm going to write about some of the ways that I'm going to tackle this task or this problem that I have. And then it sort of helps you think about the tasks that maybe you might want to work on tomorrow or plan out your week a little bit. As far as connecting with counselors, um, any thoughts that you might share about how people might go about doing that? Yes, actually, let me. There is a site called, and let me get it up here. Okay, so there is a site and it's called Psychology Today. And you can go in and basically search up a licensed psychologist and you can even look up different parameters of things that you're looking for. So for me, I would look up, you know, someone maybe, you know, over a certain age, you can look up based on gender, you know, sort of the type of experience that they have, like the type of training that they have. So it could be they have training in sort of gender identity and sexuality, or they have training in, you know, racial stereotyping or racial stress. So they could have uh, relationships or family, like, so all of them have different trainings. But if you are on a college campus, I would reach out to their counseling center. Usually you could just Google the name of the school counseling or counseling center, 
and those numbers will pop up. And uh, most of the time you could either make an appointment online or you could call. And for anyone, they are not allowed to say that they know you on campus. So if you're worried about people knowing that you go or anything like that, you make an appointment and you can meet with them remotely in any location that you'd like, or you could go in person. And when they meet you, they are not allowed if they see you on campus to say anything. So um, I don't want that to be a deterrent for anybody in seeking help and finding someone to talk to. Thank you so much, Elise. I think this has been a very, very informative um, session. I, I appreciate all the information that you've shared. Are there any any last thoughts that you'd want to share with people um, in coping effectively and self-care as we're dealing with COVID? Sure. Uh, I think my last thought would be that none of us really know what anyone is going through, especially right now. There's just so many circumstances and everyone is at a different place and there are so many layers to this issue, health-wise, socially, financially, for everyone. So I think my last thought would just be keep that in mind when you're talking to others. And I would say any way that you can foster a good uh, connection with someone or foster some, some community at this time, try and always do that. Try and always keep that in, in the forefront of your mind because everyone is going through something so different. And so I think it's really just important right now that we give everyone some grace. I would say that that is very important and realizing that there is no normal so don't say it's a new normal, okay? There is absolutely no normal, nothing normal about anything. <laughs> so there's nothing new or old about it. It's it's just, it's not there. So I would say just uh, keep that in mind. And my thought for everyone is I hope that everyone takes something from either this, ses this session or any session and tries to implement that and tries to prioritize their self-care. So I think any of that is totally productive and it is absolutely a win. So don't think that you are unproductive for prioritizing yourself. Thank you so much. I think that's a great note for us to wrap up on. So thank you very much. Thank you. This was awesome. This was, this was great. And I hope people benefit from it. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I really think that they will. Help is here. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health or substance use concerns, contact 1-833-TO-FIND-HELP. This podcast is produced by Advocates for Human Potential and supported wholly or in part through an emergency COVID-19 grant to the Illinois Department of Human Services Division of Substance Use Prevention and Recovery from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, the sentiments expressed in this podcast are not endorsed by any of these involved entities.